Grace to you and peace from our clapping. Okay. Clapping. Grace to you and peace from God, our Father and our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our meditation on this third Sunday in Advent is taken from the Gospel of John, the first chapter. Listen again to verses 6 and 7. John writes, There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. So far, our text. Thomas Jefferson ranks as one of our nation's greatest intellectuals, but not many people know that he rejected the notion of miracles. It's true. Jefferson could not tolerate those passages in the Bible that dealt with the supernatural. So what did he do? Well, he wrote his own Bible. In the Thomas Jefferson Bible, you will find only the moral teachings and the historical events of Jesus' life. No Gabriel visiting Mary, no virgin birth, no water into wine, and no resurrection. Sadly, this is how the Jefferson Bible ends. It reads, There they laid Jesus and rolled a great stone at the mouth of the sepulcher and departed. That's it. No Easter. Pretty sad. Imagine, if you would, a Bible without the miraculous. Such a Bible would have no need of John the Baptist, would it? Or the twelve disciples, or the Christmas Eve shepherds, or those Easter women at the tomb. Why? Because all of these people are eyewitnesses. In fact, their scriptural purpose, the reason God places them uh, in the scriptures in the first place, is to verify and testify to the supernatural. I mean, really, miracles aren't much good without an eyewitness to back them up. What's that? You don't believe me? Oh, well, you will next summer when you hook into that 12-pound walleye, but you're all alone in the boat with no camera to prove it. Or when you bowl that 300 game all by yourself. Or when you walk into your teenager's room and their bed is made and there's absolutely not one single thing uh, on the floor. Miracles and eyewitnesses go hand in hand. Well, with that in mind, I want you to meet three eyewitnesses this morning. And the first eyewitness is John the Baptist. Now, if John was working on his resume under the heading of occupation, believe it or not, John would not put baptizer. Yes, it's true. He did quite a bit of baptizing down there by the Jordan. But that was not John's prime purpose. It wasn't uh, his, his, his true function. No, John's true purpose is spelled out in our text. There was a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. 
he came to bear witness about the light. And there it is. You know, twice in two verses. John the Baptist was a witness to the light of the world, Jesus Christ. That's what John was all about. He, he's an eyewitness to the miraculous, an eyewitness to the word becoming flesh, that, that second person of the Holy Trinity, Jesus Christ, very God of very God, as we confess, now being found in fashion as a man. In fact, when you think about it, there is no miracle greater than Christ himself. And so the birth of Jesus demands and it deserves an eyewitness like none other. And that's what John was. That's why God uh, sent him. Miracles and eyewitnesses go hand in hand. Well, at this time, if you would be so kind, I would like to introduce you to the second eyewitness found in our text. His name also happens to be John. Not John the Baptist, no. This is John the disciple, John the apostle, John our gospel writer. Now listen to what this John says in verse 14 of this very same chapter. He says this, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Did you catch that? We have seen his glory, John testifies. Well, what's John thinking about uh, with those words? Maybe he's thinking about the Mount of Transfiguration. When he saw Jesus radiating and leaking divine power like some kind of spectacular 4th of July pyrotechnic display. Or, or maybe John is remembering all of those marvelous miracles that he was privy to. Or, or perhaps he's remembering Christ's earth-shaking Easter uh, resurrection. You know, makes no difference. You know, I've seen it too, says John. I've seen the glorious, the miraculous, the mind-blowing, the all-powerful divine nature of this God-slash-man Jesus. I've seen it with my own eyes, I have. Miracles and eyewitnesses go hand in hand. So the Baptist and the Apostle, both of our Johns, were eyewitnesses. And that's, that's important, but I'm going to tell you something now that's true about eyewitnesses. An eyewitness is only valuable when he talks about what he has seen. Many years ago, and this is back in high school, I was invited with my parents to have dinner at the home of Martin Peets. And Martin Peets, you know, he was a member of my dad's congregation. He and his wife uh, ran a resort uh, back in Eagle River, Wisconsin, where, where I grew up. And when I think of Martin, I, I think in those days, you know, he was an usher. You know, I, I think he was an elder at church. I'd always see him uh, at church. But during our meal, his wife got up and she w went to another room and then she came back and she had this box. She opened the box that was full of medals, war medals from the Korean War. I mean, purple hearts, silver stars, bronze stars, you know, uh, uh, everything. Well, well, I did not know, you know, that Martin Peets was a tank commander during the Korean War. 
and my potatoes grew cold as I listened as Mr. Peets revealed how his tank had been blown up by the enemy, how close friends had died in his arms, how he spent a week hiding out in the battlefield and traveling by night, finally making it back to the American lines. I mean, this man had been an eyewitness to some, some pretty amazing things. I never would have known that had he not shared them with me, had he not testified to his experience. An eyewitness is only valuable when they talk about what they've seen and what they know uh, is true. In our text today, John the Baptist, as well as John the Apostle, share their very own eyes with you. Because remember, these are eyes that saw Jesus firsthand and up close and personally. Eyes that saw the Son of God dressed in human flesh. Eyes that videotaped those miracles and, and they videotaped them for you uh, and for me. Eyes that shed tears at the foot of the cross. Eyes that shone with pure, unadulterated joy on Easter morning. Eyes that knowingly, confidently, and boldly proclaim to you now, as well as the whole world, that Jesus Christ is not a joke. He's not a fable. He's not fiction. He's not Disney. He's not a fairy tale. No, these are eyes that tell you, look, I was there. I saw it. I lived it. I breathed it. This Jesus is the Son of God. He's the Savior of the world. All right. Well, let's see now. I did promise you that you'd meet three eyewitnesses today. And so you shall, for the third eyewitness is you. And I know what you're thinking. Come on now, Pastor, you know I didn't live uh, 2,000 years ago. I never saw Jesus uh, with these baby blues of mine. Nope, not true. You have seen Jesus. You have. You have viewed the Son of God. You've seen him face to face through the eyes of the Holy Scriptures. And those are the best eyes of all because those eyes belong to God himself, God's Word. It's eagle's eyes. It's 2020 vision, absolutely accurate. Through the divine lenses of the Bible, you know what? You peeked over the shoulders of the shepherds on Christmas Eve. You saw uh, that child in the manger. Through the retinas of Scripture, you ogled that, that barrel of wine you know, uh, uh, that, that used to be water at the wedding uh, in Cana. You stood there in the shadows uh, at Calvary. You saw Jesus punished for your sins. You heard him shout in agony. You saw his very last breath. And you were there in the upper room weren't you, on that first uh, Easter night. You saw Jesus alive again. You put your finger in the nail marks. You put your arms around him and felt his warm breath uh, in your ear. The word of God, you know, those are your glasses. You are an eyewitness of Jesus too. But eyewitnesses don't count for much, do they? Unless they share what they've seen and what they know is true. Look, there's two weeks left before Christmas. 
here is my Advent challenge to you. In the next two weeks, find someone with whom you can share Jesus. Give away the excitement that you feel on Christmas Eve to someone else. Wrap up the love that you have for that baby boy who was born to die for you uh, and your sins and give it away. Give that love away to someone you care about and all the blessings, all the victories that baby boy will grow up to win for you, God's forgiveness, a room uh, with a view in heaven, power over sin and the devil right now. Hey, share those victories with someone you care about. And, and maybe it's a family member or the neighbor two doors down or your favorite teacher or your best friend or your fishing buddy, you know, whoever. But go ahead. I dare you. Make that your Advent challenge. Find someone. After all, you have something in common with the two most famous Johns in human history. You too are an eyewitness to the miracle who is Jesus Christ. But eyewitnesses don't mean much unless they share what they see and know. So go ahead. Share what you've seen. Turn what you believe into words. Give away what you know about this child in the manger. Give it to someone else. That's what God has always sent eyewitnesses to do. Amen. And the peace in Christ that passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.